Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 31. Here's Pastor Ryan. It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves, listen to this, continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Right? We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. It is important. God has placed pastors in the body of Christ, pastors, teachers, in order to, to give God's bride, God's flock, the word of God. And it is the word of God that has the capacity to change people's lives, the capacity to bring a sinner to repentance. It is the most important thing that we do as a church is to give the word of God out today. It is by which, it is that thing by which we grow. Peter, uh, in his, uh, uh, in his first epistle, chapter two, verse two, he says, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word by which you can grow thereby. It is the word of God that causes uh, us to grow. And it is um, the word of God that causes the bride of Christ to be like a chaste virgin, pure and holy. And, and God wants his church to be presented to him one day as a, as a, you know, as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And, and that's why the Bible says, let not many of you become teachers because we are responsible for presenting his people uh, as pure as we can. And it is by the word of God. There's no other agent that can clean like the word of God. We live at a time where so many churches are neglecting the word of God. So many pastors are afraid to give the truth of the word of God. Right? They teach from portions of the word. Or they just teach John 3.16. It's all about salvation. Every week it's about salvation. There's no going depth into the word of God. And it's like many seeker-friendly churches or seeker-sensitive is a better term that I like because people are sensitive and they don't want to hear all of those truths about God. I just want to, to come to church, tell me how I can be saved, and then when I come, and then when I sin all week long and I come back, tell me how I can be saved. And then I do whatever I want. And then I come back and tell me John 3.16 again. It has its, its purpose. It does. The gospel. But we're to be taught through the scriptures so that a family can, can learn a husband how to act towards his wife and a wife to act towards her husband. You don't get that from John 3.16. You gotta go through the scriptures. You gotta be, you gotta grow. And then also, you know, how to raise our children and, and how to how to behave at work and, and how to save money and how to 
Worship the Lord and how to, everything that we need for life and godliness is found in Jesus Christ, who is the word of God. So the Levites, they didn't want them all out in the field. They wanted them to study. As I get older, and I've been doing this for a long time now, I, I realize more and more how important it is that I, that I guard my time of study. Because the enemy, man, you know, it's like you go to pray, and all of a sudden the neighbor, ring, na, 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 na. It's like, oh, man, I can't pray outside now. You know, you know, yard work when I go outside to pray. You know, car alarm goes off. You, you name it. Why? Because God, Satan does not want me in, to study the word and to prepare my heart and to labor. You know, he also didn't want me working at Caltrans anymore. Eventually, the Lord wanted me out so that I can focus you know, now when things happen, you don't want me to be at Caltrans and be like, oh, I, you know, it's emergency, but I can't be there. And so, you know, it's important. And so he commanded the people who dwelt in Jerusalem uh, to to give, to give. And so uh, to support the priests and the Levites, that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. And as soon as the commandment was circulated, word got out, the children of Israel brought in, uh, abundance, in abundance, the first fruits of grain and wine, oil and honey, and of all the produce of the field. And they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. And so it says here, and the children of Israel and of Judah who dwelt in the cities of Judah uh, brought the tithe of the oxen and Sheep, also the tithe of the holy things which were consecrated to the Lord their God, and they laid it in heaps. And so we see here just a special time of, of the people giving of, the, of their tithes, 10% to the Lord. And, and, and again, um, they did it as you can, as we read it, you can tell that, you know, there was no problem with them doing this. To them, it was just like, oh, that's what needs to be done. And you can see that there's no, struggle here it just it, the commandment was circulated and they're just like yeah no problem and they gave and they gave and it hasn't changed you know you know whenever someone wants to make an excuse for not giving 10 percent of the of the of the of the money that god has blessed us with right we wouldn't have a job we wouldn't have a check we wouldn't have any income we wouldn't have any anything if it wasn't for who god a man can receive nothing unless it's been given to God. And, uh, you know, maybe if it wasn't for the widow with the two mites, there can be someone who says, you know, I'm the exception to the rule because I'm just too poor to give. And she was so poor, and yet she gave. And in fact, you know, giving is, it is about faith, right? If he died for us on the cross, we can trust him that he'll take care of our needs. How can we not trust him to take care of our needs? How can we say to the Lord, you know, this $10 bill that you gave me, I just can't give you one. You know, it's it's biblical, guys. It really surely is. Um, I, I, I think of Paul. Turn with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Please, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Oh, don't get upset with me. I'm your friend. <laughs> oh, blessed are the wounds of a friend. Please. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 
Give me an amen once you're there. Chapter, uh, verse 6, uh, chapter 9, verse 6. It says, but I say, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, right? So if you don't, if you give really sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. That's a, that's a, that's from God himself. I mean, like, that's God's economy. If you give little sparingly, you should expect to receive sparingly in return. And, and Jesus also said, whatever measure you use will be measured back. He said, give and it shall be given to you. The same measure. So if you're inconsistent in your giving, then God says you're going to receive an inconsistency back. Same measure. Same measure is same measure, right? What you do will be, you know. I always say, like, if you want your boss to pay you, like, every three months and just ignore the two months that you worked before that, do the same with the Lord. Like, don't don't give him what belongs to him and see how that works out. It just never does. Um, and it says here, but I say this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. And so as it is written, he says here, he has dispersed abroad and has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. And then if you... um. Keep your, or put turn to chapter 8 and just hold it there. Hold it there. I like the way it says in verse 4 uh, in Second Chronicles 31. It says that he commanded the people who dwelt in Jerusalem to contribute support. It was a everybody contribute, not I just, we just need a few people in Jerusalem to contribute. No, the contribution was to be from everybody. And I like what, what Paul says here. He speaks to that very thing. He says in verse 13, in chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians, are you there with me? In verse 13, it says, For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened. Right? God doesn't want just one person to be burdened while everyone's at ease, but an equality that now at this time your abundance may supply their lack and their abundance also may supply your lack, that there may be equality as it is written. He who gathered much had nothing left over and he who gathered little had no lack. And so God wants an equality where everyone contributes. Not just the rich, not just the poor, but everyone who calls on the name of Jesus. There should be an equality. And so that, you know, one person isn't burdened. And he says here that he quotes Exodus, where he says, he who gathered much had nothing left over. And that's the, that's the, the Exodus account of, of God providing manna from heaven, bread from heaven, for his people there in the wilderness, right? In the morning there was dew and there was there was manna. There was that heavenly bread that they ate. And God said that they were to they were to pick up and take with them just a certain amount 
that they needed for their family. They were not to get more. Those who trusted God's word and just got what they needed for their family, they had no lack. Those who worried, well, if I don't gather more of this manna, my family won't have more to eat tomorrow, the next week, or whatever. So they gathered. Why did they gather more? Because they didn't trust his word. And so that that yet they gathered more, they had less. And those who got who trusted the Lord and said He'll provide for me, they gathered less and they never were in want. I'm telling you, I've seen it in my life. I was broke when I got saved. I ain't broke now. And I think a lot of it has to do with God training me to learn to trust Him with my money. I got jobs I had no business getting. I, I got I, I got the job. Caltrans, I was like, boom, 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 like that. And when I retired, like if I go back to my job to try to get it, I need a degree. It was that high up, and I didn't have a degree at the time because God loves me. And uh, I did the job. Now I'm here. But I was a broke for too long. You want to get out of being broke, give to the Lord. Trust him. It's all about trust, right? He says, take a little. No, I got to take a lot. Give a little. No, I'm going to give none. If I give none, then I will have more to survive. No, well, you won't have more to survive. Why do you laugh, Brian? That's not nice. <laughs> I tease. Okay, so, yeah, they all contributed. And they laid it down in heaps. And, and so in the third month, right, which is June-ish, which is the time of the wheat harvest, they and the grain harvest, they began laying their them in heaps <clears throat> and they finished in the seventh month, man. So it's right now, around this time of year, the seventh month, where it, it, they will gather fruits at this time, not grain. And, then, and when Hezekiah and the leaders came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people, Israel. When they saw all the heaps, heaps are piles, man. They had so much. There were piles of stuff when everyone, that they, they basically, it caused them to praise the Lord. They blessed the Lord. Oh my goodness. What provisions. And they blessed the Lord. You know, unity, the Bible says, Paul says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the saints. I mean, does that just entail getting together, breaking bread? worshiping the Lord. I truly believe that there's all kinds of things that we can do to build unity in God's house. And one of them is when everyone gives like they're supposed to. That it creates a supernatural unity. And God, see, just like God saw all of them come together to to celebrate at, at the Passover, he saw it and it says he gave them supernaturally singleness of heart. There was a, we want unity. We want unity. That his word builds unity. And unity comes when more of us obey the Lord. 
more on seeker-friendly churches and seeker-sensitive churches who don't want to ruffle feathers and keep everybody happy. Um, I was listening to a pastor that came out of that, and one of the things he did to remedy his ministry, oh, and there were thousands and thousands of people at the church he was at. They were, they were doing circus stuff, anything to draw people in. It was like Disneyland, you know, on ice. Like any, anything to draw people in. And they just give them John 3.16. Next week, John 3.16, you know. And um, he, uh, he said the remedy was to just teach the book of John, verse by verse, word by word. And the one thing that they said was, here's what you get. You will never have holiness in a seeker-friendly church. You'll never have holiness. I would rather have a smaller church with disciples that are holy. You feel me? I'm not against big churches, man. There are some great mega churches like our, like our friends, right? From Calvary that have big old, but it's the word, you know, and the word just filters and cleans and filters and prunes and builds and builds over years. And pretty soon, man, you have a congregation that is, they know what's up. They sin less than the average church. Amen? Amen. It causes unity. They're all happy. They're blessing. Look at what, you know, and the renovations of our church, people here give at Sweet Hills. I mean, I'm so blessed at the people who give. I don't know who gives, but they, somebody gives. So I don't have to go to work anymore. I work here. You know, I work for you. You know, my job is to study, to pray, and to care for you. You know, and, and I, we get to see all the renovations. And people say, praise the Lord, the flooring in room one, the flooring in room two. We have half the funds for the flooring in room three. And it's just, we have the, the shed and the basketball court and and all of these things that God has done, we re, we redid the air conditioning. We did the the um, what are those called the vents and all that. We we've done the wiring. We've done so much in just a couple of, and we bless His name for it. We rejoice in it. It causes unity. You know, we cruise out. It's like Christmas every day that I come here. Every day it's like Christmas, and that's how it is right here. Um, and, and then Hezekiah questioned the priests and the Levites concerning the heaps. And Ezariah, Ezra, the chief priest from the house of Zadok, answered him and said, Since the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have had enough to eat and have plenty left. For the Lord has blessed his people, and what is left is this great abundance. Now Hezekiah commanded them to prepare rooms in the house of the Lord, and they prepared them. So they need storehouses now. Then they faithfully brought in the offerings, the tithes, and the dedicated things. Konaniah the Levite had charge of them, and Shemaiah, his brother, was next. Uh, Jehiel, Azaziah, uh, uh, Nahath, Ashahel, uh, Jeremoth, uh, uh, Josabat, Eliel, uh, Eliel, uh, Ishmaiah, uh, Mahath, and Benaiah were overseers under the hand of Konaniah and Shammai, his brother, at the commandment of Hezekiah, the king of, and Azariah, the ruler of the house of God, or he was the high priest there, Azariah. Kor, the son of Imna, the Levite, the keeper of the east gate, was over the freewill offerings to God to distribute the offerings of the Lord 
and the most holy things. And when it's the most holy things, it was generally the priests that did it, not the Levites. And and uh, and so it was the, the priests who were of the lineage of Aaron. Uh, um, all priests were Levites, but there were some that were of the lineage of, of, of Aaron who were, who were the priests. And under him were Eden, uh, Meniamin, uh, Jeshua, uh, Shemaiah, Amariah, and Shechaniah, his faithful assistants. I think this is going to heal my sore throat. His faithful uh, assistants in the cities of the priests to distribute allotments to their brethren by divisions to the great as well as to the small. And so to the priests, uh, they were, they were given their portion so that they can minister to the Lord. Besides those males from three years old and up who were written in the genealogy, they distribute to everyone who entered the house of the Lord his daily portion for the work of his service by his division. So the priests, their, their sons who were three years and above even got a portion as well because one day they would be priests as well. So that was a beautiful thing. Uh, verse 17, and to the priests who were, uh, written in the genealogy according to their father's house and to the Levites from 20 years old and up according to their work by their divisions. And so the Levites, instead of their kids from three years up and above, the Levites, their sons were would only receive something after they turned 20. Um, and, up, and according to their work and their divisions, and to all who were written in the genealogy, their little ones, and their wives, their sons and daughters, the whole company of them, for in their faithfulness they sanctified themselves in holiness. Faithfulness is key in all that we see the guys do, you know, and that's what we want. We want faithfulness. What does faithfulness mean to you in your service to the Lord? What does it mean? You know, if any, as I've been doing this for probably, shoot, you know, I've been saved 24, serving the Lord probably 23 of those years, pastor for, I don't know, since 2014, I think I was ordained. So I've seen a lot, and I would say like faithfulness, you know, if God tests the heart, what is he testing for? For our faithfulness. I think he tests to see if we'll endure. I think he tests to see if we will persevere. I think he, he tests to see if we'll throw in the towel. We live in a snowflake generation, man, and, and, and even in, in churches, man, you know, People give it a whirl and they quit like two minutes later. So let's not be that. Just know that faithfulness is also longevity. Amen. Um, it, it says here in Webster's 1828, it says that this is what faithful, faithful means. It means firm in adherence to the truth and to the duties of religion. Okay. And in Revelation 2.10, the Lord says, Be faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life. Endure. Persevere. Mm. Let's go to that men's retreat. Talk a little bit more about that, fellas. <laughs> uh, where was I? Okay. Um, thus, Hezekiah did throughout all Judah, and he did what was good and right and true before the Lord his God, and in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, in the law and in the commandment to seek his God, he did it with all of his heart, and so he prospered. And all of his heart means he wasn't a quitter. All of his heart means, man, he hung in there. Rain, shine, or tonsillitis. He hung in there. Right? And so don't quit. Jesus was asked by a lawyer, which is the greatest commandment? 
And in Matthew 22, he said, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. With everything we have, we need to love the Lord. And if we do that, we shall prosper. And he said, the second commandment is like the first. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So it's loving God and loving our neighbor. And we should start at home. Amen? Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love, your grace and mercy. You are the word of God. (laughs) You are he who is faithful and true. Father, we pray that we would be a people who put you first as our priority that we wouldn't focus on all our problems but that we would focus on thank you for joining us today at lasting truth radio if you're in the area come out and join us for sunday services at 8 30 a.m and at 10 30 a.m or wednesday evenings at 7 p.m we are located at 3035 west nicollet street in banning california you can also find us on youtube or instagram If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills.